Last week, we kicked off a new series on worship. Now, worship is kind of a big word. It kind of means a lot of different things. So I thought we'd recap just a little bit of what we talked about last week in case you missed it or in case you forgot. It's just good to recap sometimes. Would you agree? Just say yes. Yes, okay. Let's recap really fast, okay? Um, We said worship is giving your everything to something. And we're actually going to give you a more specific definition later tonight. But that's what we said last week. It's giving your everything to something. We worship a lot of different things. Some people worship sports. Some people worship boyfriends, girlfriends. Some people worship themselves. Our goal here is to worship God. So that's the goal here. We naturally seek to worship something. That's just the way God made us. Um, whoa, I went too fast there. Um, he just made us that way. He wired us up to worship. Why? Because he made us to, to actually know who he is. And when you know who God is, you can't help but worship God. So we're made to worship him already. But so when when I say we're we're naturally meant to do that, that's why. Because we're meant to worship God already. It's just a lot of times we put something else in that place. Make sense? Give me the head nod. Okay, moving on. Next deal we said was God is the only one worthy of our worship. He's the only one. Like a sport is going to fail us. It's not worth really worshiping, giving our entire life to. Um, a boyfriend or girlfriend will fail us at some point. Even a husband and a wife will fail us. They're not worth our worship either. The only one, the only thing worship, worth our worship is God. That's it. He's the only one. So that's one of the big things we talked about last week was God is the only one worthy of it. Now, the, the kind of last thing we hit on was we have to remember when we're worshiping, when we're talking about what do we worship, the last thing we've got to remember is who he is. Like God is humongous. He's ginormous. He's massively awesome. Like we can't even understand how big he is and how wonderful he is and, and how powerful he is. But he loves us so much, we can't even get that either. He get, but he loves us so much that he actually gave us Jesus. Like he gave us a way to know him. He gave us a perfect son to die for us, to make a way for us to know him. When we talked about born again a few weeks back, that's, that's how we know God loves us. It's from Jesus. And so when we're talking about worship, why do we worship and what do we worship? It's God and it's God because he is so amazing. He's so gracious. He gave us Jesus. And so the question tonight is this. How do you worship? Like specifically, personally, how do you, how do I worship? You could say it if you're saying it to yourself. How could I worship? Everybody say, how do I worship on three, one, two, three. How do I worship? Nice. And before we answer that question, I wanted to ask you another question. And it's how, not how do you worship again, but instead, it's how do you eat? Yeah, how, how do you eat? And here's what I mean by that. What, what specifically do you use to eat? Now, I'm actually going to have uh, some people bring some stuff out for me really fast. Guys, can you bring the, the old table and, and, uh, and things out? Okay, guys, anytime now, guys. Thank you. And can I also have Mr. Thomas Haygood come up to the stage? He's going to be my uh, example for a little bit. There we go, my lovely assistants are bringing out my, uh, my table with my little dish here. Fellas, you can set it right there. Perfect, perfect. Now, what we have before us, my friends, is uh, a little chocolate mousse pie, okay? 
How many fans? Chocolate mousse? You like it? Yeah? Okay, nice. There's you some utensils there, my friend. There it is. Ah, very nice. Um, I actually made that from scratch. Promise. So, here we have a pie, chocolate mousse, okay? And the question is, how do we eat, okay? How do we eat? What do we eat with? Now, if I said, what do you eat with? How do you eat? What's the probably number one utensil you think of? You can say something out loud. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. The thing I think of first and the thing I heard a lot of just then is a fork. And so Thomas is going to just eat some of this lovely pie with his fork really fast. Nice. That's a very large bite. Um, So there you go. A fork works to eat, right? You can eat with a fork. That's kind of what it's for. But you can eat this pie with other things, right? I mean, you don't have to use a fork. You could also use a, I don't know, like a spoon. You could use a spoon. Thomas, do you have a spoon? Thomas has a spoon. So show them that you can actually eat the pie with the spoon. (laughs) You're very dainty when you eat your pie. Like, hee. And eating it with a spoon. Very nice. (laughs) Now, so we have a fork and we have a spoon. Those are utensils that enable us to eat. Now, the goal is to what? To eat. To get the, the pie in your tummy, right? So the goal is to eat. The utensil is the fork. The utensil is the spoon. But sometimes you don't have a fork and a spoon, right? But you can still eat, right? God has given us hands, right? Thomas, you have hands, don't you? So, Thomas, show us how to eat the pie with the hand, okay? There you go. Just take a little bit of pie there. A lot of pie, I guess. And you eat it with your hands. See? So it can be done. You can eat pie with your hands. More utensils to enable you to eat. Now, again, the goal is to eat, to get the food in the tummy. The utensil is the hands. But sometimes you're in a terrible accident and you lose both your hands. And in, in this case, you really only have one utensil, and that is your, that's your mouth. And so, Thomas, show us how to eat a pie when you have no utensils other than your mouth to get the food in your tummy. Go ahead. Now, really get into it. Like, really get it. Like, get some pie. There you go. Get it in. There we go. Yes. <laughs> now, now, see, he was able to eat the pie with his mouth. The goal, whoa, easy with that hand, brother. (laughs) The goal was to get the food in the tummy. The utensil was the mouth. And so he used a lot of different ways to get the food in the tummy, right? (laughs) That's great for your skin, by the way, the the cream. (laughs) So those are just four examples of how to eat, right? So when I say how do you eat, those are four ways you can eat with a fork, a spoon, your hands, or your mouth. Now give it up for Thomas for showing us how to do that. <laughs> Here, Thomas, we'll take that for you, brother. I got it. I got you got it. the, oh, easy now, careful. careful. All right, guys, I'm going to take the table back. All right, so the first question was how do you, how do you what? No, first question. How do you worship? The second question was how do you eat? And we saw that the goal was to get the food in the tummy, right? And there was four ways of doing it. The fork is kind of the main way we think about, right? Well, the same way with worship, what's the main way you think of when I say, hey, go worship? Sing, Sing, right? 
Singing is usually what I think of too. I think, hey, Jimmy and the guys are going to be up here and the ladies are going to be up here and they're going to lead us in some worship, right? But the thing about that is it's kind of like the fork, right? It's the thing we think about the most, but it's just a way of worship happening. Just like a fork is a way of food and getting in the tummy, there's other ways. And music is not what it actually is. Eating is not using a fork, right? Eating is getting food in your, your stomach. Worship is not music, but music can be used to worship. Does that make sense? So if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, music is not worship, but it's a way to worship, okay? It's just like the, just like the fork analogy. It's a way to get the food in your mouth and get it in your tummy, but it's not actually going in your tummy. It's just the way to make that happen. Music is not you actually, it's not actual worship. You can hear music all day long and it's not necessarily worship. But it can help you worship and give you a means of it. Now, tonight we're not even going to talk about music. Music is not what we're talking about tonight because music isn't worship. But next week we're going to talk a lot about music. And so, there's, there's a reason you don't see any instruments up here tonight. There's a reason the guys didn't start off with a song. We're not going to do any music at all tonight. And, and here's why. Because of that right there. Music is not worship. It's just a way to worship. Does that mean we're not going to worship tonight? No, it doesn't. It means we're going to worship different, which is why I'm excited about tonight. So stick with me. You're going to understand why we're not going to do music. If you're bummed out, don't worry. It's going to make sense in the end. And, uh, and if it doesn't, then ask your small group leader in your small group, and then we'll explain it all in beautiful detail. So... Um, there's, there's a, a few verses I want us to look at to help us understand this a little bit better, okay? And the first one is actually in, uh, in the book of John, chapter 4. We're going to start with verse 19. And I'm going to set up the story really fast before we actually read through it, okay? There's this lady who's at this fountain, this well, and Jesus is walking by with his disciples. And the disciples keep walking, and Jesus kind of goes off and starts talking to this, to this lady, and he's talking to her, and he's like, okay, um, hey, hey, lady, go, go get your husband, and let me talk to him really fast. And she looks at him kind of weird, and she's like, uh, I don't have a husband. And Jesus looks back at her, and he's like, yeah, I know you don't have a husband, but you, you've had like five different boyfriends in the past few months, meaning you've, you know, been getting physical with some fellas, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah. And, and he already knew that about this girl because he's Jesus, therefore he's God and he knows everything. So he already knew that. And so this lady's kind of shocked. She's kind of like, dude, I just met you. How do you know, how do you know I don't have a husband? How do, you know that, that I, that, how do you know this about me? How do you know that I'm such a uh, promiscuous lady? How do you know that? And this is what she starts to say after he just called her out on that. After he kind of said that and shocked her. This is what she says. She says, sir, talking to Jesus. The woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But the Jews claimed that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the holy city in Israel. Um, Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on the mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know, but we worship, talking about the Jewish people, worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, 
for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And he finishes this way, um, or the lady responds this way. She says, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Now, who's she talking to? Jesus. And your Jesus is who? The Messiah. So when she says, I know the Messiah is coming, she's talking to the Messiah when she says that. So it's kind of a funny moment, like if you know that already, and it's like, <laughs> you're talking to him right now. It's kind of like when you bump into somebody and, and, uh, and you don't really know, like if you ran into a movie star or something and you're like, man, I just saw this movie. It had uh, Christian Bale in it and he was Batman and stuff. And you're literally talking to Christian Bale and you don't recognize him because he looks different. And then he's like, He's got a really thick accent that I'm not going to try to do because I'll sound ridiculous. So this is kind of that moment. This lady's talking about Jesus, but not knowing that Jesus is who she's talking to, like Messiah is who she's talking to right now. And so uh, that's what she says. And then Jesus says this, and I love it because it's really short and sweet. He just says, then Jesus declared, I, the one you're speaking to right now, I just added a few of those words in there. uh, I am he. I'm the Messiah. I'm the guy that's coming to save everybody and to help you understand what it really means to worship. That's me. And so this whole, this, this whole passage right here is pointing to one thing that I want you to get out of this, okay? And it's that Jesus is pointing to, okay, you've, you, your people have worshiped here on this mountain. We have worshiped in Jerusalem, the holy city where, you know, this is God's people. This is where uh, they've worshiped for years and years. But there's a day coming, and it's actually come right now, is what he's saying, where the real worshipers of God are going to worship not, not even on the mountain and not even in Jerusalem, but anywhere, because they're worshiping in spirit and in truth. And we've talked about in here that your spirit is really who you really are, right? It's not your body. It's not how you dress. It's none of that. It's what's inside here. Your spirit, who you really are. And the real worshipers of God are going to worship God with, with who they really are. They're not just going to give him, you know, lip service in these songs that they don't really mean. They're not going to have to be at a specific place. They're not going to have to do a specific thing and go through this ritual or anything. They just are going to connect with God. Their spirit is just going to connect with his spirit and just worship him in the truth of who he is. Okay? So get that out of this story. Now, the next verse I want us to look at is just one verse. It's not a whole story. And this is the Apostle Paul, okay? The guy that used to be named Saul got turned to Paul when he met Jesus. And he wrote, like, most of the New Testament. Um, This is what he says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, that would be us, um, in view of God's mercy, God's mercy would be the fact that he loves us enough to give, give us Jesus, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper what? Worship. So there's that word again. And in, in both of those passages we just read, did it say anything about music? No. There was no mention of music at all. They didn't say singing. They didn't say hymns. They didn't say uh, electric guitar. Nothing. Nothing was mentioned in there about music. They just talk about worshiping with your spirit. And then this verse talks about worshiping as a living sacrifice, which would be, again, your whole body, your, all of who you are. 
is living as a sacrifice, like living for something bigger than yourself, kind of what we've been talking about for several weeks now. You're not just living for you anymore, you're living for God. And by doing that, you're actually worshiping. And so does worship just happen for 30 minutes on Wednesday night and that's it? You can answer out loud. No. Does worship just happen Sunday morning for an hour in this, in this room or other rooms all across the country? No. Worship happens every day. It's supposed to happen every day. It's supposed to happen all the time in our life. If we know who Jesus is, we should be worshiping all of the time. Like that should just be happening naturally. We shouldn't be having to wait till we get here Wednesday night and wait for, for Jimmy or Mary or Kayla to sing and then we sing along. That's a whole nother thing. We actually get to come together like this and sing in songs and it's like, it means something because we've been worshiping all week. And then it's like, dude, Wednesday night I get to get together with everybody else and we get to worship at the same time. That's why it's awesome. That's why I love it. It's because we're doing it together at the same time. We're worshiping the same time. Whereas the rest of the week, I've kind of been doing it, just me and God, I've been worshiping in all these different ways. And so... The way we worship is what we're going to actually talk about next week, how we do it together as a group and how we use music to do that. But personally, how do you worship? Because the Bible's talking about doing it all the time with all of who you are. And I told you I was going to give you another definition for worship, and, and here it is. Okay, worshiping God involves all of who you are, everything about who you are, Lifting up all of who he is. And the he I'm talking about there is God. It's Jesus. It's, it's the, the Trinity. It's all of who God is. All of who we are is lifting up all of who he is. So what does that mean? It means you're not about yourself, right? It means you're not being selfish. It means you're looking for ways to serve people. It means you're looking for, for, for things all throughout the week where God's working and moving and doing things. And you just being like, God, thank you for doing that. That's awesome. I've been praying for that person to come to Revolution and they finally came. I've been praying for that person to finally come to FCA and they came. I've been praying for that person to find out who Jesus is and they just got saved. It's those kind of things, seeing them and being like, dude, God, you're awesome. This is amazing. And so worship doesn't just happen in these services, but it happens all throughout the week. It happens with our spirit connected with who God is and just lifting him up, all of us lifting up all of who he is. So, Matthew chapter 15 kind of points to something that a lot of us are guilty of, though. Because a lot of us come into Wednesday night, right? And we'll sing a song, and maybe it's We Won't Be Quiet. We sang that last week, you know? We'll shout it out loud from the rooftop, We Won't Be Quiet, talking about God, talking about how we won't be quiet about who God is, how much He loves us, how awesome He is. I don't know how many of you realize that, but that's what you're saying when you're singing that song. Even though it's fun, like, yeah, and you want to clap and shake your booty or something, you know, it's... It's about God. That song is about singing, like being loud about God. And some of us will sing that and have no idea what we're saying. None. And then you read a verse like this. Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. These people honor me with their lips. They're saying the right stuff. But their hearts are far from me. They might worship me at Revolution. They might come in here and jump around and dance and sing and clap and get into it and raise their hands. But during the week, 
They're way far away from me. They're not looking for me to do anything in their life. They're not talking to me about anything. They're not worshiping me in any other way. All they're doing is giving me these words that don't mean anything. And I've been guilty of this. I'm sure you've been guilty of this. I'm sure the leaders in this room have been guilty of this. Well, we give God these really cool songs or we we say these really eloquent prayers and we ask God to do something, but then as soon as we get done doing that, we turn around and we go do something with our actions that totally just smack God in the face and say, you know what, I don't even care. And I don't want this to be true about any of us. I don't want us to come into Wednesday night and this is, a, honestly, this is a big reason why we're doing this series for the next three weeks, for last week, this week, and next week, is I don't want us to be doing this. I don't want you to come into to a revolution service, and we sing, and you have no idea what you're doing or why you're doing it, and then you walk away, and you don't, you don't even know what you did. You don't even realize that you had a chance to talk to God, and that you just sang lyrics that were about God. And then you go out, and you're far from Him. We get a chance every week to worship him, but God's calling us to do it way more than just then. He's calling us to do it every single day. He's calling us to be close to him. He's calling us to be near to him, like we talked about last week. And when we're close to him, when we're near to him, when we're allowing all of who we are to lift up who he is, then we start to see ways of worshiping that are a lot different than just music. Just like the fork helps you eat, spoon helps you eat, the hands help you eat, your mouth helps you eat. They're all just trying to get you to eat. God's got lots of ways for us to worship. It's not just music. Music helps us. Prayer helps us. Reading your Bible helps you. You can worship just by reading your Bible. You could worship while you're playing a sport. With every pitch you're making, if you're a pitcher, you could be thinking, you know what? God, I want to, I want to pitch the best pitch I've ever done in my whole life because you've let me do that. Like I want people to know that I'm pitching well because of you, not because of me. You're letting me do this right now. Have y'all ever thought about that, those of you that play sports? Like you're able to play a sport because God's letting you play a sport. It changes things when you think about that. When it's like God has allowed me to have an ability to kick a soccer ball. God has allowed me the ability to understand how to play football. God has allowed me the ability to cheerlead. And the cheerleader said, amen. So, so there's lots and lots and lots of ways to worship, okay? So when I say, hey, guys, we're going to go worship, I don't want any of us automatically going straight to music. Because that is not what the Bible teaches all of what worship is. Worship is way bigger than just music. Worship is, is not one particular thing as far as a, a way of worshiping. Worship is a condition of your heart, of your spirit. And if you're truly just, when, when we're singing in here and you're just, you got your hands raised and you're totally connected with who God is, you, you're totally just singing it out because you know who God is and you want him to hear it, that's when you're really worshiping. It's not when you're just singing as loud as you can and you sound good and, you know, you're into it because it sounds good. You're into it because you know who God is. And it's the same way with every other act of worship. When you're praying 
and you're really praying because you know who God is and you know he's listening and you know he's going to answer, but he might answer in a way you don't even know. So maybe he doesn't answer like you're asking. Maybe he answers a different way, but you still know he's there and he's listening. When you're praying like that, you're really worshiping. When you're sitting down at your class and you're thinking about, dude, I've, all these things God's given me, he's given me you know, uh, a house, he's given me food today, he's given me a place to learn stuff. Um, do you know there's places in the country you don't get to, like there's only one kid in the whole family that gets to go to school because they can't afford it? Like it's, it's an honor for you to even go to school. I know it doesn't feel like that a lot, but it's true. So when you're thinking about those things and you're like, man, God gave me those things, that's worshiping. When you stop and you think throughout the day, you know what, God, I've been praying for this, and God, I just want to pray for this, and I, God, just help me with this. And when you're doing that, and you're looking for God to move, and you're, you're really trying to connect with him throughout the week, and lift up who he is, and the way you live, and the way you talk, that's worshiping God. It's living a life of worship. Connecting with him in truth and in spirit. Living a life of sacrifice. And so, I'm going to ask you one more time. How do you worship? How do you specifically worship? Because we'll see examples all throughout the Bible of different people worshiping different ways. And some of you in here are kind of wired up for the music thing. So when I say there's no music, you're bummed, and I understand that. But there's others of you who are like, you know, you could take or leave the music thing. You know, you're really into other stuff. And you can actually worship God with that stuff. And so how do you worship? How do you connect and lift up all of who God is with all of who you are? How do you do that? And like I said, tonight, we're still going to worship. I'm actually going to have Jimmy lead us in worship, but it's not going to be music. Jimmy's going to come up and he's actually going to read us some Bible verses, some stories. And he's going to talk about them a little bit. And he's going to ask all of us in here, to worship God after each particular story. And he's going to ask you to worship God for a specific thing, a specific way he's going to kind of guide you and lead you into that. And with each thing he does, there's going to be moments where it's quiet. And here's the thing. That doesn't mean, oh, it's quiet, it's time to talk. This is worship time. This is time for us to connect with who God is. The Bible said when there's two or more gathered, God is in their midst. Guess how many we have here? A lot more than two. So... God is in this room right now. And so when we do this worship time, I want you to connect with him. Jimmy's going to ask you to worship him in different ways. So do that. Use this time to do that. Think about the scripture he's reading. Think about the story he's talking about. And then think about how it relates to you. And worship God in that moment. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for our time right now. Because we're going to worship. And then Jimmy's going to lead us. And I want you to engage in this. I want you to be respectful of it. And remember that God is in, the place, in this place right now. So let's pray together. And then we're going to worship. God, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for allowing us to worship you. And God, I just pray that we would understand more and more about what worship really is. That it's not music and it's not just reading your bible and it's not just prayer it's so many different things but at the end of the day it's all of who we are lifting up all of who you are so help us to do that right now as we read your bible as we pray as we talk to you 
Help us to connect with you. Help us to uh, worship you and lift you up in this time. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen.